Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. So I want to begin, though, with uh, an interesting and important news study out of the United States concerning e-cigarettes and how it relates to smoking rates. And, and there's been a lot of evidence suggesting that e-cigarettes can be a tool for smokers to help kick the habit. If We want to look at it from a harm reduction point of view. Because obviously, then maybe there's still some issues with the use of these cigarettes, uh, in particular with the, the nicotine ingredients. Uh, there's maybe still that, that addiction there. But clearly, I think e-cigarettes are much less harmful and dangerous than cigarettes. I think if all smokers switch to e-cigarettes tomorrow, that would be a huge public health benefit, I think. So are they helping smokers kick the habit? Well, new studies suggest that, in fact, they are. Joining us to talk more about it, very pleased to welcome to the program here today, uh, Dr. Sharon Cummins, who's an assistant professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Public Health at the University of California, San Diego. Uh, Dr. Cummins, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Um, you know, certainly we see there, there's the correlation. We can see smoking rates continue to decline. We know more people are using e-cigarettes. So how do we begin proving causation here? Well, that's always a tricky thing because the best way to prove causation is some great big old randomized trial where you uh, put people in different groups, and that's just not the way things are set up right now for e-cigarettes. But we did a study uh, looking at population-level data, so it was of, of uh, uh, from the current population survey, and what we were looking at is what the trend has been over time, and then looking at people who were using e-cigarettes and those who weren't. And uh, not only have the smoking rates gone down and the e-cigarette rates gone up, but the relationship between e-cigarettes and smoking was pretty clear, that people who used e-cigarettes were more likely to try to quit and more likely to stay quit. And we did control for other, we looked at other factors like the most recent campaign that came out of the CDC about um, all in the media, about all these very um, uh, tragic things that can happen to people. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. had some effect on, on smokers. But there wasn't anything like the amount of difference that we found with um, e-cigarette use. So then a lot of the people who are now former smokers and who are mm-hmm. e-cigarette users are are essentially one and the same people. Yes, uh, many of them are. That's, many, that's right. right. And the people, right, so many of the people who use e-cigarettes to quit continue to use them for quite a while afterwards. And so they become, their e-cigarette users, but they were able to get off of cigarettes as a result of that. So yes, that's true. Do, do we know why that this will be happening? Is it, uh, why, why is there a powerful sort of substitution effect there? Well, I think the the clearest thing is that it's a nicotine. It, it has nicotine in it. So all the nicotine replacement therapies have been shown in randomized trials to be very effective. So you're you're essentially taking the smoking habit and breaking it into two parts: the nicotine addiction and the process of smoking. And it 
it really is helpful to have the nicotine part and the nicotine cravings gone while you're trying to deal with the behavioral change of no longer using um, cigarettes. E-cigarettes are kind of unique in that they have many, they mimic many of the things with cigarettes. So you get the hand to mouth movement, you get uh, a flavor, you get, um, and you get nicotine. So it's a substitute that many people are willing to use because it's, it is fairly close to the concept of smoking, and yet it doesn't have the combustible element, which is really the most dangerous part of the cigarette. Right. I mean, there, there are differing views on exactly how safe e-cigarettes are, but sure. I mean, it, yeah. the evidence seems quite clear that, that switching from cigarettes to e-cigarettes, that that is a reduction in harm. Absolutely. Yes, I, think, I don't think um, most people would... Um, would disagree with that. I think where the controversy comes in is, but having e-cigarettes around, what what does that do with the social norm? We've created social norms that says smoking is bad, and now if you mess with that social norm, might you get more people involved in the idea of smoking or in e-cigarette use? And then, of course, the, the use of flavors and, and actually targeting young people to try to get them to use the product, and then would they inadvertently get addicted to nicotine? Right. And so I think the emphasis has been there rather than on uh, smokers. And, and really, the benefit for smokers is quite profound. So. Well, can we say, given that smoking rates continue to decline, that there, there doesn't appear to be any kind of a gateway effect? E-cigarette use is not leading to cigarette use. Well, that, I think that's controversial. I would certainly agree with that. We're looking more into adolescent um, surveys now. We're, we're running the California Student Tobacco Survey and trying to um, establish whether people are going from one product to another because the concept of a gateway is you start with the with a product and then that leads you to cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So if they're starting with e-cigarettes and it's leading to cigarettes, okay, there's a potential gateway. But if they're starting with cigarettes and later they're doing e-cigarettes, you can't really say e-cigarettes were the gateway. So I think there's more work to be done to figure out um, exactly the effect on young people. Our survey was, uh, the one that we published was mostly, I mean, that was adults. So they're, they're just two separate issues and I think they both have to be weighed in the process of deciding overall if this is a good thing or bad thing. Uh, going forward, then, in terms of, of policy and the implications of, of these kinds of findings, that if, if we find that e-cigarettes are beneficial to helping smokers quit and designing policy to, to maybe push them in that direction, while at the same time trying to keep e-cigarettes away from youth and discourage non-smokers from taking up that habit, how, how do we balance the two? Well, that it's really interesting because there was just a, a, a little... Um, talk today from the FDA and in, in the United States, the Food and Drug Administration, and that's exactly what they're looking at. They're saying, hey, let's not throw out the potential harm reduction for adult smokers while we're concerned about kids. And so they've extended the amount of time that people can, that people now have to um, apply for being able to sell e-cigarettes. In the meantime, they're allowing e-cigarettes to continue to be sold without the kind of regular that were originally intended, you know, they had originally thought about, because they don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So they're they're looking they're looking to gather more information and have researchers weigh in on the findings that they have, both about adolescents and, and, and children and how to protect them, and at the same time the harm reduction potential for adults. Yeah, that seemed like a reasonable approach to you then. 
It absolutely does. Yes, yes. I, I think they really, you know, when people just look at one side of the equation, uh, they kind of do a disservice uh, across the board. I think you need to look at both sides, and and uh, I think we can both protect young people and help smokers at the same time. Indeed. Well, these findings published in the British Medical Journal, and I think add a lot to this uh, important debate. Dr. Cummins, thank you so much for making some time for us here today. Appreciate this. Absolutely welcome. Thank you. Take care. Dr. Sharon Cummins, Assistant Professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Public Health at University of California, San Diego, uh, one of the authors of this study, as mentioned, published in the British Medical Journal. The conclusion that the study reads, quote, the substantial increase in e-cigarette use among U.S. adult smokers was associated with a statistically significant increase in the smoking secession rate at the population level. So if it's helping smokers quit, why wouldn't we want to embrace this? I think part of the problem is that we treat e-cigarettes like cigarettes. We don't see any difference. But from a policy point of view, if we're viewing them the same, it doesn't really matter if someone smokes cigarettes, uses e-cigarettes. What's the difference? Well, there's a huge difference. And we need to have, a, I think, a policy designed around harm reduction. If we could get smokers off of cigarettes, that would be huge. Maybe you're saying we're trading one problem for another, uh, but it's a much smaller problem. It's a whole different kind of problem. And I think uh, it's a problem we'd probably much rather have. 403-974-TALK is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.